Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Jessica. I'm your host of this podcast, The Spanning Chronicles, Living with a Vestibular Disorder. This podcast is just me sharing my journey with a vestibular disorder and how I have been able to heal. I also share healthcare knowledge in regards of all the vestibular disorders out there. And I also invite my listeners to be part of my podcast, to share their experience so we can all shed some hope and give some light to everybody out there who is suffering with a vestibular disorder. So I hope everybody who is new enjoy this podcast and those who have been listening to me for a while, welcome back. So let's get to it. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Jessica, and welcome to another episode of The Spinning Chronicles, Living with a Vestibular Disorder. Today, I have Ashley with me, and we're going to talk about her daughter's journey with EVA. Those who don't know what EVA is, EVA is called um, Enlarged Vestibular Aqueduct um, that affects mostly children. If you have not heard the episode where I start talking the science part of EVA, I think it's not the previous episode, the episode before that, two episodes before. Um, you can go and hear that one and you can learn more about EVA, but I like to share a, people's experiences, patients, family members that are suffering with any type of vestibular disorders. So I'm going to start asking Ashley some questions. So how are you, Ashley? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate having the opportunity to um share what it's like to have a teenager with EVAS. Thank you so much for taking your time. And I know we've been trying to schedule, but our schedules were like all over the place. Time <laughs> zones were, were a hot mess with the time zones. I'm horrible with that too as well. So oh, it's, the, it's the worst. <laughs> I, I know the first time we're scheduled, like, oh my God, my time zone is different than yours. And then we were scheduled for last week, but then my whole family got sick. So it was like, oh my God, I can't do this now because my husband is sick, my son is sick. I was the lucky one that escaped that whole virus germ thing. Oh, good. I'm glad that you uh, survived unscathed. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so today, we were able to schedule for today, so I'm happy for that. Um, me too. So uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, Ashley. Um, so uh, I am a married mom of four. Um, I have a little hobby farm out in Wisconsin, which if you hear a rooster in the background, that is why. Um, we have a, a rooster that lives right outside of our bedroom window, and sometimes he likes to sing the song of his people. Um, I, I uh, work together with my husband, and we're, we're uh, traveling wedding photographers, and um, I am a parent of a child with EVAS, and she is now 14. Um, she's the third baby of the bunch, and I don't know. I don't know what else you'd like to know. <laughs> okay. No, no, that's fine. Um, so for how long has your daughter been battling with EVAS? So it's kind of an interesting story how that came to be. Um, she was initially diagnosed in third grade. She's now in eighth grade. So we've been dealing with this um, diagnosis for five years now. However, I suspect that she had hearing loss long before her diagnosis um, because she was actually misdiagnosed with ADHD um, in, gosh, I want to say first grade or second grade um, because she was struggling in school and not responding to the teacher and mm -hmm. um, struggling with spelling and literacy issues. 
Um, and so we have a older son who was diagnosed with ADD at three years old and he was very like to the textbook ADD. Um, and so we thought, oh, Sierra's got the same thing, no big deal. And the pediatrician was just like, oh, yep, guess that's what it is. Um, and put her on medication. And when her grades didn't improve, um, we were just like, well, medication's not working. We don't want to medicate a child unnecessarily. So we took her off of them. And then when Sierra was in third grade, she finally was able to get one of those seeing and hearing tests that the schools do. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll never forget it to the day I die because the uh, district audiologist called me and said, you know, Mrs. Durham, I, I wanted to let you know that Sierra failed her hearing tests and I suspect she has moderate to severe hearing loss. And I just felt terrible, um, super guilty, super just how could I have not known my child was partially deaf. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was, gosh, end of third grade and early fourth grade, she went and got a MRI done. um, And they confirmed the diagnosis via MRI. And so, yeah, we've been dealing with audiology and ENT ever since. So she got the MRI um, because of the hearing loss? Yes. So she, we, um, when the audiologist called me and said that she definitely had some sort of hearing loss, um, we made an appointment with ENT per her recommendation and the, the audiologist, or I'm sorry, the ENT was, um, very positive that he knew exactly what was going on based on looking at her, her eardrum and doing some hearing tests and, and whatnot. And the MRI was to confirm his suspicion. Okay. And um, any symptoms before you noticed that of the hearing loss or the EMI or any symptoms that she showed before that? I mean, I think her grades were really um, one of the bigger symptoms. The, the teachers kept saying that she wasn't responding to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that her spelling is atrocious. Even to this day, I'm sorry, Sierra, if you're listening to this, but her spelling <laughs> is so bad. Um, and she will spell things the way that she hears them. So it's like mm-hmm. phonetic, but it's phonetic disabled or um, uh, phonetic impaired, I guess is a better way of putting it. Um, and so those were really the two biggest things, just not responding, been spoken to, and her spelling and reading really just being affected. Okay. And her symptoms besides, does she has both ears, like bilateral hearing loss, or just one side more than the other? So she has bilateral EVAS. However, okay. on her, her left side um, is predominantly worse. So they put her left side as moderate to severe, and her right side for now, thankfully, is mild. But she had no, like, physical symptoms. She was never sick. She didn't have earaches as a child. She never tugged on her ear. Um, no drainage. No com- no complaints. She never said anything to us about it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, when we say we got blindsided by the news, we were blindsided by the news. 
And you said bilateral EVAS. How common is, do you know, having bilateral? Because I've only heard, most of the people that I spoke to about EVAS, so most of the time it's one side. So I, um, it's funny that you say that because the ENT, the pediatric ENT that we saw in Colorado, and again, another one that we saw in Florida, um, both said that it's actually more common for it to be bilateral. Really? Um, on both sides. However, usually one side is worse than the other. So her left side is worse? Her other. left side is much, her, yeah, her left side is much worse. You have to be as loud as a lawnmower. Is oh, wow. How, how it was described to us for her to be able to hear you. And does she have hearing aid or an implant? No, so she didn't, um, she's not quite um, deaf enough, quote unquote, to qualify for a cochlear implant. Um, and she does have a hearing aid. However, she's 14 and um, having her wear it is a battle. It was much easier when she was eight, nine, 10 years old. Um, but then once she went into middle school, it really kind of became a battle for her to wear one. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we moved to an area where she is the only child in the whole school with a hearing aid. And okay. so it made her stand out in a way that um, wasn't necessarily positive. And I, one of the big problems is, and as a doctor, you've probably come across this, insurance will really only cover hearing aids um, to replace them every five years. Mm-hmm. And so the person that she was five years ago with her bright blue hearing aid that stands out like a sore thumb um, does not match the 14-year-old young woman that she's becoming who's very self-conscious about it. Um, so she's supposed to wear one, but she doesn't. Um, and at the school, she was given a – oh, gosh, what's the name of them? Um, it's like a, a device where the teacher wears a hearing aid and mm-hmm. it connects to a thing that connects to her ear. And I can't remember the name of it for the life of me right now, but it's a, it's a really cool tool. And it really did help, um, when she did use it. The, the little tool from school. That's what I never heard of that. I wonder what mm-hmm. it is. So the, um, oh gosh, I can't remember. I honestly can't remember. I can text her. She'll probably respond to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably Google it and start reading about it because I've never heard of such because I normally I know that they give them um, sometimes like a, like an aid to help them out but I never heard of that tool that's pretty cool though and how I'm oh, sorry go ahead no, no, you, can, you can go ahead I'm sorry I was gonna say she um, she never had a, a specific aid just for her through the school they do have a um, a hearing Oh gosh, deaf and hard of hearing teacher, DHH. Okay. Um, that would go from school to school. Um, down in Georgia, we had that. And then in Colorado, she had that. Here in Wisconsin, she does not uh, because we choice enrolled them into a better school district. And that meant giving up her IEP um, okay. for a better chance at a, at a, at a better school. But um, if you're at your home school, you can qualify for deaf, hard of hearing, deaf and hard of hearing teacher. It's a tongue twister. Um, and they were really great. They, they were teaching the kids sign language and um, working with them on their ability to speak. 
okay. with, without difficulty or impairment. Does she have difficulty speaking or has an impairment when she speaks? Um, no, because she is fairly well hearing on her right side. Okay. Um, so her speech is, is fine. There's some words, and of course I can't remember anything off the top of my head, but there are some words that she'll mispronounce, and I think it's because the hard, like, the hard sound or the hard letters are hard for her to say, like the hard sounding letters are mm-hmm. hard for her to say. Um, but she, oh, there was a rooster. Um, <laughs> but uh, she, her, her real issue is spelling. And does she know sign language or no? She's learning. She, she is learning. She's um, she learned a lot through the deaf and hard of hearing teacher um, teaching program, but she's actually learned a lot on YouTube. Oh, that's good. And she watches, um, there's a show that was on ABC Family, I think it's called Freeform Now, um, about a deaf teenager, and she really loves that show, and I can't remember the name of it, but uh, Switch to Birth. That's what it is, Switch to Birth. So it actually features um, a couple of deaf actors, and that's one of her favorite TV shows. So she learned a lot of sign language, like conversational, by watching that show. That's nice. Yeah. What is the name of the show again? I'm sorry. Switched at Birth. Oh, yes. I've seen that show. Yes. Yep, it's one of her favorite shows, and she relates a lot to the characters because there's a couple of them that are either deaf or, or hard of hearing. And the only symptom that she has is just loss of hearing? She has no other symptoms besides that with EBAS? Nope, nope no other symptoms. Um, she, there was, initially there was some... Uh, concern with before we got her MRI because there were alternate diagnoses that could cause hearing loss Mm -hmm. um certain like genetic uh anomalies I guess um or diseases that could cause it that cause other health issues but with EVAS there's really no other symptom other than hearing loss you don't get headaches you don't get Earaches, it's nothing like that. It's just a malformation behind the eardrum mm-hmm. where sound, yeah. sound doesn't travel correctly. Yeah, and how has she been doing lately with getting used to the school and growing up and being a teenager and all these changes? She's, you know, she's done really well. We, um, like I mentioned before, we had to choice enroll her out of our home school into a better school district. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we lost the IEP. However, the new school took what was in the IEP and put it on a 504 plan. Um, and with that, they were able to do certain things for her um, that didn't cost them any extra money or effort per se. So they didn't have to hire a specific audiologist and they don't have to pull her out of class or anything. But certain things like preferential seating in classes where she's at the front and with her left ear toward the, I think it's, I think her left ear towards the wall um, so that her better hear, her better hearing ear is towards the teacher. Um, and then providing things like written materials when yeah. they're supposed to be taking notes um, and things of that nature and, and the ability to pull her out and have her test in a separate room okay, from, from, from her classmates um, because the, the noise, her, her brain kind of works overtime 
trying to figure out what the noise is, especially since she's refusing to wear her hearing aid. Um, if she can be in a quiet place, she can concentrate on her test. And she's pulling A's and B's. So oh, she's getting A's and B's. Yeah, so With, Sierra's uh, doing... Yep, Sierra's getting A's and B's, even not um, even not wearing her hearing aid because of the accommodations that the school has really worked with. And um, she just, she's a really good kid. She just studies and um, is very, very determined to not let her hearing loss um, stop her from getting into a good school and doing well throughout middle school and, and high school. Since it's, not, since it's not an IEP, what is it, the program that you said, a five what? It's called a 504. So that's basically a legal document between um, parents in the school agreeing that their child has an issue, whether it's um, EVA or any other developmental issue, learning disorder, um, emotional disorder, whatever it is. Um, and the school will make certain accommodations for them based on their needs um and it's just really nice because like if sierra is taking a ap test for example when she gets into high school she can take it separately from the other kids in a quiet room um she can go into a classroom and know that she's going to be seated seated near the teacher with her good ear towards the teacher so she can hear um she also knows that she can ask for uh, the the materials in the classroom um, in written form. So that way she's not struggling so much to try and hear and understand and process the sound. And she can instead learn the material. She can spend her energy that way. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah, um, my son has an IEP as well, but I didn't know about that five um, so documents. so there's like a, a like tiers of involvement. So an IEP is much higher than a 504. Okay. In the okay. in the grants. So like when she was younger and she had um well they thought that she had ADD. Um she was on something called an IFSP and then she graduated to an IEP. Um and we skipped the 504 because she at the time she needed uh uh, federally funded things like a deaf and hard of hearing teacher. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's because like I said, I, I only have one child, so my son is an IEP for language processing disorder, but mm -hmm. I never knew that there was something else besides that, which is I learned something new. Yeah. <laughs> and your, and, your son uh, might be able to graduate to a 504 on depending on his pro progress throughout his educational journey too oh wow i'm gonna look at that into as well interesting and what does um sierra likes to do how how is she as a 14 year old she's she's amazing um she is very much into our hobby farm and farming and she's actually um planning on becoming a veterinarian when she grows up uh she's looking at all the different schools to become a veterinarian Oh, nice. Um, yeah, she's looking at the schools down in Texas, which is where we're planning to move to because Wisconsin is just so dang cold. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, she's planning her high school career, and she does FFA, and she does all of that fun stuff. But then she 
does all the normal girl stuff. She likes TikTok and fashion <laughs> and hair, hair and makeup and um, music and just she's just a really good kid who just likes to have fun. She's very protective of her friends and um, I don't know. I can't I can't say enough praises about who she is becoming as a young woman, um, despite her disability. Uh, disability limitations to what mm-hmm. she can which is which is great it sounds like she is doing great like she has a good head over her shoulders she does great. and you know we always say of all four of our kids if something like this had to happen to any of them I'm so glad that it was Sierra because she's just built in a way that um is okay with being who she is mm-hmm to it, you know, to a degree, she she doesn't want to wear her hearing aid, but she will talk to people about her hearing. Camp each year um, here in Wisconsin through the Lions program, um, which is really great, and she got to meet some other uh, girls her age who are deaf deaf and hard of hearing, and it's crazy that there's so few and they're so spread throughout this whole state, but. Um, yeah, she's just, uh, she's just a good, good kid. That's great. And you as a mother, cause I know parent, we as parents, we suffer with seeing our kids with limitations and going through hard times. How have you been coping and how does this has been going with your family and her siblings too, because I know it's hard. So, it's, you know, I will say when we found out that she, had moderate to severe hearing loss, there was such immense guilt on my part um, because I was a stay-at-home mom, well, working at home mom um, because I'm a wedding photographer. So I work at home. I'm home all the time. It's like, how did I, how did I miss that? And I, I hate to even say it, but we would be talking to her and Sierra wouldn't respond. And we're like, what, are you deaf? Like we told you, go put your laundry away. Go <laughs> come here, let me brush your hair. And, you know, now it's, I feel like a jerk because we said things like that. Um, now we're a little bit more sensitive to that. And I know as a parent, I've become a little bit more, um, I don't want to say militant, but I've been much more proactive about talking to anybody whose child is diagnosed with ADD at a young age, telling them, you know, before you put them on medication, go and get their hearing checked because, I feel like Sierra probably had hearing loss from very, very early on that was misdiagnosed because ADHD and ADD are so commonly uh, diagnosed and prescribed medication for nowadays. Um, it's just, it, so anytime anybody of my friends are like, oh gosh, my kid just isn't paying attention and isn't doing well in school. And I think they have ADD because they just won't respond to me. And I tell them, look, Sierra was misdiagnosed with ADD, so go get a hearing test. It's free. <laughs> Usually your insurance will pay for it. The school will do it. Pediatricians will do it. Um, you know, and it's just a very simple way to to make sure that nothing is going on within the, the ear anatomy. So, um, but now, and when, when we first got the diagnosis after we went through the MRI and they're like, okay, look, she has this lifelong disorder and there's a very good probability that she's going to go completely deaf before she hits middle age. 
um, that was really hard to hear. And I can still remember feeling just like, oh my gosh, like I can't save her from this. I can't protect her from this. Um, and the ENT was like, she can't do gymnastics anymore. She can't do, um, any sort of sports she needs because any hit on the head can cause permanent and immediate hearing loss. Yeah. And so for the next three years, so we pulled her out of cheer. We pulled her out of, um, tumbling and gymnastics and it, it was terrible. Um, And what it came down to when she was a little bit older, and I want to say she was in sixth grade. Yeah, sixth grade. We realized that it became a quality of life issue for her. And as parents, we had to weigh the risk with the benefit. Um, And she loves cheerleading. She loves tumbling. And it broke her soul a little bit not to be able to do those things. Um, And so... You know, we talked it over, and we actually moved from Colorado, where we initially had this diagnosis, to Georgia. And we saw this incredible ENT at Niemauer's in Jacksonville. And he said, you know what, at the end of the day, y'all are her parents, and she does need to be a kid. And she could trip and fall and hit her head on something walking to class. And mm-hmm. you can't you can't control everything. And it was kind of with his blessing that we were like, okay, awesome. So she started playing soccer and we're like, okay, just don't use your head, like no headers, but you can play soccer. Um, And she got, she's getting back into cheer and tumbling. Um, She's actually trying out next week for the cheer team for the high school. Um, You know, so it's, it's been a really interesting balancing act between wanting to protect her, but also wanting to let her be herself and chase after what she wants to do um, and let her be as involved in every decision as humanly possible and give her some body autonomy. Um, because at the end of the day, it's not, it's not my hearing loss. It's not my, it's not my ear. It's not my hearing aid. So we do kind of encourage her to wear her hearing aid. We encourage her to be very careful, but, She's 14. There's not a whole lot I can do. I'm not there 24-7. And, um, yeah, she, I mean, we trust her to make the best decisions for herself. Which which is, I think it's parents that want you to let our kids make their own decisions and let them learn. Mm-hmm. And and let them learn by stumbling and just getting back up and just keep going. Mm-hmm. And I, it's hard. <laughs> it, it is hard. It is really hard because sometimes I'm just like, where your hearing aid? And you would be able to hear what they're saying. But on the other hand, it's like, okay, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. And before we start, before we leave and stuff like that, um, do you have any words of wisdom for family members or parents who just found out that their child is diagnosed with EVAS or any person who's suffering with EVAS? What would you tell them? as words of wisdom from a parent's point of view i think the biggest thing that i can tell any parent who has a child diagnosed with eva is just breathe it's okay it is not the end of the world nothing is going to catastrophically happen in the next five minutes um and your child is incredible and resilient and with you as a parent um 
to really overcome any sort of challenge that this that this diagnosis might present. Um, and I think if you can speak with teachers and speak with coaches and speak with you know your the the friends parents um and let them know like hey this is what she's diagnosed with if she's not responding to you make sure you're speaking to her on this side get the school involved make everybody aware that she has this diagnosis but she he or she you know they're they're capable of excelling and it's not a death sentence it is not a social death sentence um there's a lot of resources out there on YouTube and even on TikTok and and Instagram and Facebook for for parents to talk and, and commiserate together and um, you know find out more information. As a kid, I think if Sierra was here, she would say it sucks, but it's not that big of a deal. There are worse things in life that could happen. Um, She's, but that's just her personality. <laughs> she's, she's very much a, uh, a water droplet off of duck's back kind of kid. Um, but she, yeah, I think that's what she would say. It's just, it's not the end of the world. It'll be okay. Just ask for help if you need it. That's, that's great. I like that she has like an uplift type of feel for what's going on because I know that losing your hearing at an early age at an older age is hard and I can't imagine losing your hearing at a younger age and and having to deal with all the hormonal changes and trying to fit in when sometimes yeah, kids, it sometimes kids <laughs> I know sometimes kids can be mean. So but it sounds she, like you said she she has a good head over her shoulders. She definitely does. And I think, um, you know, she definitely, um, she's definitely becoming a leader in her little group of friends because it's just sometimes that's what you have to do. You know, Um, she'll stand up for anybody that has disabilities. She doesn't tolerate any of that stuff. And I think it's because of who she is. But when she, when we first got the diagnosis, she definitely freaked out. Um, she definitely, because she thought she was going to go deaf, like within, like by the end of the week. Mm-hmm. And so we had to, you know, we had the doctor explain to her and to us because we didn't know either. Um, it's a very gradual process. Um, there are steps that you can do to minimize your chances for hearing loss. And one thing, and this might be a positive thing for listeners who um, might not know this, and I don't know if you know this, but it can act, your hearing can actually get better. It doesn't necessarily always have to go in the negative direction with EVA, um, which no audiologist or ENT told us until it happened to us. And Last year, Sierra's hearing actually got a smidgen, a percentage better on her left oh. side. Um, and we actually had to adjust her hearing aid level because it was too loud for her. Um, and the, the audiologist, ENT, or I'm sorry, audiologist that we see at Children's Hospital here in Wisconsin, um, she is like, we don't like to tell parents that it's possible because 
it doesn't happen to everybody, but I'm here to tell you it is possible. Um, you know, and I don't know what, <laughs> what caused it or what changed or yeah. anything, but it is, it did happen to her, um, which I think is part of the reason why she doesn't want to wear her hearing aid so much anymore. Because oh, okay. it got too loud for her, even after they turned it down. So. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know that that could get better, which is, which I, 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 I see the aspect of, of, they're not telling some parents, because I know as a parent, you just want it to get better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it will be a bummer yeah. if it doesn't happen to everybody, and then it's going to be. Exactly. Exactly. But I, I it's, 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 it's one of those things where like, yeah, you know, it, it might get better, it will likely get worse. So I think they just, in, in terms of emotional support, I think they just kind of prepare parents for the worst, which is, it's not going to get better, and it is going to get worse. Um, but if anybody's out there listening, just know that it is 100% possible for things to stay the same, to slightly improve. There's, it, it goes up and down. So don't be shocked if it does. That's good. Well, Ashley, I thank you so much for taking your time and sharing Sierra's journey with EBA. Uh, is there anything else you would like to tell parents out there or listeners out there? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting to see if I could hear the rooster one more time. No. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. It's <laughs> probably off with these ladies. Yeah. <laughs> But thank you so much, like I said, uh, taking your time and, sh- and sharing Sierra's journey. Um, I know a lot of people out there are either struggling with EVA or, or have kids struggling with EVA that they don't have the tool or the ability to to find help or find support or what to do. And and sharing your daughter's journey, is, it's, it's amazing. Like last week I had shared the journey of another parent who her son also has been diagnosed with EVA. And at mm-hmm. least it can give hope to people out there in regards of their children yeah it's and every journey is is so different and I feel like the the more people can research and and find other people going through the same parenting issue um the better I mean I know I would love to know some more teenage parents out there who uh, are parents of teenagers I should say um that have EVA and if you would like friends, please find me on social media and let's let's commiserate together. <laughs> and what is, what is what is your Instagram, your social media Instagram, so in, case, um, in case anybody decides to like reach out? Perfect. Uh, it's X O Ash Durham A S H D U R H A M. It's a lot of hobby farming, but I do share some stuff about Sierra's hearing loss on there also. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. And I appreciate you taking, like I said, the time and, and being tolerant of time changes and schedule changes. Um, but those who are listening, um, we were talking with Ashley about her daughter's journey, uh, her, her daughter Sierra's, her journey with EVA. Um, those who are listening, I appreciate taking your time to listening. And next week, I'm going to start looking for more information of other um vestibular disorders or hearing disorders so if you're interested feel free to email me or feel free to reach me at the underscore spinning underscore chronicles um and i respond really fast but those who are listening have a great day bye